Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. that was involved and in getting all the garbage together price and everything we had a wedding this weekend as well we did all that and a wedding in this weekend so that's not what i'm saying is yeah there's times god throws it on your lap but there's times he wants to see what are you willing you know okay amen what are you willing you know you put the sacrifice on the fire and he'll bring the fire to consume it you know what i'm saying amen Amen. Deuteronomy this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 12. And I want to grab the very last verse, verse 32. And then I'm going to grab the first four verses of the next chapter, Deuteronomy 13. So Deuteronomy 12, 32, and uh, we'll go through verse 4 of chapter 13. It's good to see different ones back in church. Amen. With us for whatever reason, some uh, sickness and different illnesses, not being able to be here. Good to have the Gross family uh, back with us this morning. And Dixie, glad to have her uh, with us this morning. Amen. Glad to have Natalia and Skyler, now married couple. Amen. With us this morning. Amen. Good, good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Amen. Today. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter number 12, verse 32. Again, we're just one service here uh, this morning. There will be no service tonight. Wednesday come back we'll be ramping back up into our Joseph series and so just to be mindful of those things we're about ready to enter another month yet again yet again Deuteronomy 12 and verse 32 the Bible says what thing soever I command you observe to do it thou shalt not add thereto nor diminish from it chapter 13 verse 1 if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you, to know whether ye will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. Amen. This morning, I want to just talk to you this morning about this. The harmony of the word and a wonder the harmony of the word and the wonder amen let's go to the lord in prayer today we need god to help us amen we need god to help us to be responsive to what the word of the lord would speak to us today father i need you jesus in this place today i pray oh god lord mark every bit of error lord from my mind help me lord jesus god Lord, use, God, acceptable words today. God, for those, Lord, that are in this place this morning, I pray, oh God, that you're able to touch us, Lord, in this, Lord, solitary service that we're having, Lord, on this Sunday. God, that we would lean in, Lord Jesus, to what the Spirit, Lord, is conveying. I pray, oh Lord, today, God, continue to touch the needs of those present and not here as well. God, I pray, Lord, you know no bounds or limitations. I pray, God, today, help us, God, to hear what heaven is saying. I want to have an ear, Lord, that's tuned into it, and I want to be sensitive to it and responsive to it. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus, Christ that I pray amen and amen to the church say amen amen you may be seated this morning in Jesus name the harmony of the word and the wonder the harmony of the word and the wonder the book of Deuteronomy the book of Deuteronomy is something that's special it's it's known as the book of remembrance it is basically Moses Moses in many ways uh, remembering everything that God had said, everything that God had told the nation of Israel. In essence, it's Moses' last sermon. It's Moses' last message. And whenever you consider that it goes on, what is it, for about 32 chapters, you've not even heard a long sermon. 
<laughs> it's his last sermon that he is speaking to the nation of Israel and bringing to the remembrance of what God has said and what God has done. And there is something that he is very intentional and very repetitive about over and over as he shares with them this last message. He brings back to the memory in their minds the things that God has said, God's words, God's commandments, God's admonitions to the nation of Israel. And whenever he brings them to the children of Israel another time, he's wanting them to pay particular attention to what God has said, to what God has proclaimed unto them as a nation. Because by and large, that was the only thing that they needed to focus on. The only thing that they needed to give any attention to, what God was saying. Now, the, 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 the fact of the matter is this, that God many times spoke by means through a man of God. Spoke through a preacher, spoke as he did through Moses. Spoke through people who were prophets and, and uh, things, people of different different. Uh, arose as they played with the nation of Israel. So he spoke through various people, but it was more importantly is that those people standing in the stead and speaking for God with the word of God. Because God's word within itself is a very powerful thing. God's word within itself, uh, God's word we all times say, or I have at least in times past, God's word doesn't need propped up. God's word doesn't need propped up. It's not as though it needs help. Uh, we could actually come here, some would probably be in disbelief, but I could actually come here today and take a chapter out of the Bible and begin reading it, and that alone would be sufficient even for our time together here this morning. Because God's Word doesn't need no, it doesn't need any help. It's sharper, the Bible says, than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and the spirits, a discerner of the intense, amen, and the thoughts of a person's heart. And so God's Word is a living Word, and it is alive. And it is a powerful word. God's word is so uh, just fantastic. If you think back to the beginning of the Bible, uh, it illustrates well of the power of God's word that God's word it has creative power. How many times do we see over and over again in the book of Genesis that God said, let there be light and there was light. Or God said this and thus it was so. It's almost as though uh, in, invested in the word of God is also the playing out or the wonder of God. In his moment of speaking, let there be light, there was the demonstration or the wonder, if you will, of light being given into a very dark and formless and uh, without form or void world. And so within the word of God is the wonder of God. And so with that being said this morning, Israel was not to pay attention as verse or as verse 1 of chapter 13 starts out. They were not necessarily to pay attention to prophets and to dreamers that came with a sign or a wonder and perhaps a legitimate sign, meaning that what they said would take place, it took place. And what the dreamer had dreamt, it came to pass. And people would rally around that. But whenever Moses was admonishing the children of Israel, he says, don't just be caught up with someone that their first thing that they put out in front of you is the wonder or the sign. And it seems to bear true. He says, but you need to consider what their word is saying. You need to consider what their words are. He said because if their wonder is true and, and, and their sign or their dream seems to come to pass, all of that is fine and well. But you need to know what their word is. What their words are. Because their word and their wonder are going to be seamless. Amen. What they were saying is this. He was trying to safeguard the nation of Israel from false doctrine. Trying to safeguard them from false doctrine. Amen. Because anybody sometimes can give forth a sign or give forth a wonder that seems to be true and legitimate. But if all of that doesn't correspond correctly with doctrine or the word of God, then we'd indeed have a problem. And so what happened was there were some 
prophets that came and said, we're going to give a sign. And the sign came to pass. You're going to give a wonder. Or the wonder came to pass. A dreamer of dream that would share with them and the dream would come to pass. But Moses said, do not hearken though unto them. He said, the Lord has sent this to prove you to see if you're going to follow the Lord your God. Because at the same time, they were given a quote unquote legitimate sign. The Bible says these prophets and these dreamers were saying, Israel, let's go and serve other gods. Let's go serve other gods. So you have a legitimate sign. You have a legitimate wonder on one hand, but you have the voice of the prophet saying, let's go serve other gods. And so Moses is calling the nation of Israel back. Do not forget the Ten Commandments. Do not forget what the Lord has already said. Do not forget how many times God spoke in your midst and said, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of bondage in Egypt. I am your God. You are to serve me, obey me and my commandments and no other. You're not to get ensnared with the gods of the nations that you are going to overtake or the lands that you're going to go. He says, don't forget everything that God said because whatever God says, he will have a wonder that accompanies it. See, they were getting everything backwards. They were putting forth the wonder and bringing forth a word that did not correspond with the wonder. But God says, whenever I give the word, my wonder is wrapped up in my word. Amen. That's how the Bible says in the New Testament that he would confirm his word with signs because in the word of God is the wonder of God. Someone say amen. He says, so, the, the, so these prophets can come with their miracles and they can perform notable signs, but there must be harmony between the wonder and the word. Uh-huh. And, and you know what? You know what God is doing all these, I mean, generations, thousands of years ago. You know what God is doing? He is safeguarding a nation. He is safeguarding a people. He's even safeguarding the church of the present age for things that are still yet to come in the future. Because the Bible, whenever it speaks about the spirit of the Antichrist, it speaks of one that will come with lying wonders. Somebody hearing me? It speaks of one that will come with lying wonders being able to do, quote unquote, the miraculous before the people. And there'll be people in that day, Sister Margaret, that will be caught up by the wonder and caught up by the sign because it looks legitimate. But if they're just caught up in that and they don't balance that with what the word all the way back in Israel, he's trying to safeguard them from being taken by false doctrine, false prophets, and false Christ. That's the reason why, folks, we've done like we had the past few services, and we taught on repentance, and we taught on water baptism in Jesus' name, and we taught on the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the utterance of speaking in other tongues. i tell you why. Because it's one thing for someone come up here, and we lay hands on them, and there's a notable sign, and a miracle takes place, and it's another thing for us to stand up on here and just echo what God has already said in his word. Listen. Because I tell you right now, there are church houses in America this morning, there's miracles taking place in their, in their sanctuaries because they're using the name of Jesus. God will honor his name. He told them in the last, he told them in the gospels, he said they cast out devils in my name, they did that in my name and that in my name. He said, but when I come, I'll say depart from me because I never knew you. Why? Because they were all about the wonder. But you can't divorce the wonder of God from the word of God. Yes! Yeah! I often thought, I often thought, Brother Mason, I looked at throughout the book of Acts. You know, there's many times that there's signs and miracles and wonders in the book of Acts. Oftentimes, people that are healed of blindness or the lame is made to walk. Huh? It happens a lot in the book of Acts. We did a, a pretty in-depth study on the book of Acts. And so this would happen. I know many times that this would, you know, draw a crowd a people, wouldn't it? Draw a crowd a people, amen, unto them. But many times the, the, the playing out of the wonders throughout the book of Acts was nothing more but a confirmation to the truth of the word that had already been spoken unto the people. 
My Bible says, you've heard it quoted time and time again, but it is a wicked and perverse generation that seeks a sign. Uh huh. That are just sign hungry. See, because there can be there can be an imbalance, and this is this is unhealthy to covet signs, miracles, and wonders more than you do the word. Oh yeah, covet signs, miracles, and wonders more than the word. God will honor His name. He'll honor His name. He'll do it. But you can have a miracle and not be in relationship. I've been there. There's been people that didn't have anything to do with God. And he healed their body. But he wants a people that have a harmony of the truth of his word and the wonder. The Bible says that it's a wicked and perverse generation that seek of signs. That's what the Bible says. But then the disciples said, on the other hand, that these signs shall follow them that believe. The old saying was this, honey, we don't follow signs. Signs follow us because we're following the word of God. Someone say amen. Hallelujah. So he's protecting the nation. He's wanting them to know there must be harmony between the word and the wonder. So I know what you're seeing and what you're hearing seems to be playing out. But if they're asking you to go serve other gods, he said that's where you check in your spirit. Uh-huh. Concerning what's really going on even in their own personal life. Amen. Because the prophets... The doctrine of these prophets and the doctrine of these of these miracle workers, so to speak, the doctrine of these of these dreamers, it must be sound. Said so you can't get out there and just start following some quote unquote faith healers. So that was a thing not two generations ago. Everybody was crowds of faith healers. You've heard me say before, there's there's no faith healers plurality. There's only one faith healer. And his name's Jesus. It's only one faith healer. And so they would gather around there and people would clamor around all that. Amen. People falling out and people, you know, legs growing on that. That's fine and grand. But whenever I see all that, my question is this. What about their word? What about their word? Someone say amen. So, and I, I'm not negating that there isn't miracles that happen in these places. They do. But that does not justify a skewed doctrine. You hear me? That does not justify uh, untruth. Signs and miracles and wonders should always be complementary to the word of God. They are not the main event. They are the sideshow to the word. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they are not primary. They are secondary to the word. Someone say amen. So there's got to be harmony one with the other. Now look at this. Whenever you look at the whole of Deuteronomy chapter 13. And, and Moses was working on this with intent because he wanted them to do what the Lord had commanded them and to serve him and not add to his word, not to diminish from his word that we read in chapter number 12. But whenever you look at that, there are, there are three, different, three different groups, if you will, of people or three different ways that people were coming and each of these groups were saying, would say to the children of Israel, let's, let's go serve other gods. Number one, it was the prophets and the dreamers. It was the notable people people see that's something that you really don't suspect right if the enemy says hey let's go serve other gods that's expected but whenever the notable among you try to sway you in a direction away from the truth of God's word you don't suspect that if I were to get up here and begin to tell you about going down a path that might sound a little bit different to what this says or that I've taught in the past you wouldn't expect that would you but here's, the, here's a real serious question you need to ask yourself. Would you be willing in that moment to follow me or follow the word? As Brother Gross, here we come down to another thing all over again. I'm thankful for your loyalty to me. But you got to be loyal to this. Because you know why, Sister Margaret? I'm man. You hear me? I'm man. I'm prone to failure. 
There's been several greater than me before me, even in biblical times that have failed before I ever came along on the journey. And Sister Deborah, more so than being faithful or loyal to me as a man, you need to be faithful and loyal to God and his word. Enough that if I were to start to say something contradictory to the word, I love you, Brother McGee, as a person, but I love God more and his word more. And we are sticking with the word. Whenever the apostle Paul said, follow me, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Your level of following stops whenever I stop following the Lord. Oh, yeah. Now, Brother McGee, that's hard. No, 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 no. We've had too many whole congregations leave the boat of truth because they followed a man down the wrong road and they didn't measure it against the word. And I'm not willing to stand up here to protect my reputation and make me feel all good to tell you guys wherever I go, you go. No, 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 no. You better balance what I say against your own word. I don't care if we have signs, miracles, and wonders breaking out. You better... Amen. Timothy speaks of it. I can't go there, but Timothy speaks of it. That see, this is the way the enemy works. Because if he can get a notable voice and you get that loyalty and that faithfulness to a notable voice, you won't watch it. Then if they start going another direction, you'll just go with them because they've been a notable voice in your life. And you'll just follow right along, blindly along, because that's, man, they're, they're, they're nothing better than them, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you, this is fallible man. You, you pinch me, I hurt, I, you cut me, I bleed. I am fallible man. I am no different than you are. Amen. And so, folks, I don't know how much that's the reason why I tell you as a pastor, read your Bible, look at your word. Whenever I'm going through scriptures, honey, had that Bible out if it's not on the screen and look at the word for yourself because you don't want to know the word because of what I know about the word. You need to know the word for yourself. Because you need to make sure the wonders and the signs are harmonizing with the word. And so there was the notable ones, the, the prophets and the dreamers, amen, that he was warning them up. And then he warmed them up. Now watch this. You look at it somewhere around verse 6. He said, if your brother or your sister or your son or your daughter or your wife say, let's go serve other gods. Now here's interesting. The Bible says if they would come and entice thee, verse 6, entice thee secretly saying, let us go and serve other gods. Ooh. Now that even cuts in, that even cuts in close to it. Because your wife, your brother, your son, or your daughter, that's someone that you're in close relationship with. Some of them are close to you by nature because they're your offspring. Some of them are close to you by choice because you chose them as a husband or a wife. But you know, some of you probably say, well, I don't care what he or she says, but you do. The opinion of that significant other is very meaningful to you. But notice, they're not like standing on the, on the pinnacle saying, let's go follow other gods, Josh. Sarah's not doing that. She's not standing on some pinnacle hollering that out. You know the, how those relationships work? They entice secretly. Mm-hmm. They kind of whisper stuff. It's not all that. There's conversations that happen in beds and closed doors. Huh? It was, it was those shepherds laying down in their tent at night whenever the tabernacle was in the center and he was looking over here. He said, I don't know about all this journeying through the wilderness stuff to get to a promised land. <laughs> See, that's, that's getting kind of close to home. It's whenever, whenever you look in the eyes of your kids. Someone hear me preach or preach here this morning. It's whenever you look in your eyes of your kids and they start saying, Daddy, why can't we do this or go there? Uh-huh. What is that? That's a secret enticement. That's a secret enticement. You know what the Bible says? It says that they would go serve other gods. Verse 6, verse number 7. Amen. That even the fathers didn't know of. And look, look, look at verse 7. Namely of the gods of the people which are around about you. Nine to thee, far off from thee. One in the earth, even to the other in the earth. You know what it's saying? It's saying everybody else around us are doing it. Huh? Those close to us. Our friends. Our friends, our other relatives, those far from us, from one end to the earth to the other end of the earth, everybody else is doing it. 
See, that happens in the relationship of husband, wife, and children, and parents, close. Everybody else is doing it. He said, but whenever you hear that, even from your closest of ten, he said, you need to throw up the flag. He said, because there's something off with the word. It does not, it does not reverberate what God said to you originally. It does not come to you what God has spoken originally. So you need to sidestep that. He says, I don't even care if it's your relationship. Huh? Someone say amen. And then finally he gets to the one that we expected. He said, if you hear rumor of in a city, said you hear rumor of in a city, it's in verses 12 through 18. If you hear rumor of in a city that there's some children of Belial, which mean children of wickedness or children of emptiness. It, the, the word Belial means uh, those that did not like to take a yoke upon their shoulder. You know what that means? It means people that want to live life without any restraints. We expect, we expect the children of Belial to speak those things, our voice. Let's go serve other gods. He said, but if you hear that, and here's the, here's, here's the main thrust of everything, folks. Whether it be a notable person. Now, this is probably some symbolism here. But whether it be a notable person or whether it be one of your family or whether it just be an old, lawless, wicked individual that you expect it from. Here's the thing concerning, here's the thing concerning false doctrine. You cannot just shrug your shoulder and turn your head the other way and it go away. You're listening to pastor? You can't just shrug your shoulder and allow. The Bible says concerning that prophet or, or, or dreamer, and I'm not talking about in the literal sense, but in the very figurative sense, that prophet or dreamer, if he dreamed dreams and they were true and said prophecies and they were true, but his word did not correspond, then this was the admonition of Scripture. Put that prophet to death. That was very literal then. But I'm speaking very figuratively right now. They said, put that prophet in. Why? They could not allow that false doctrine to survive. Because in the New Testament scripture, and I got around here somewhere, I got pages of stuff up here, and they're not in no particular order. But whenever we read in the New Testament scripture, whenever Jesus and his disciples about ready to go across the Sea of Galilee one of the times, he told them, he said, beware. He said, have you brought any bread? And they hadn't really brought any bread. He said, beware of the leaven of the scribes and the Pharisees. Well, they thought he was talking about the bread of the scribes and the Pharisees since he said that. But whenever Jesus made it a little bit more plain, he was saying, beware of the leaven of the scribes and Pharisees he was referring to the scribes and the Pharisees doctrine because what do we know about leaven even the Bible teaches us in Galatians what we know about leaven you cooks know something about leaven you put leaven in with that flour and that bread and it, the Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump huh it, it affects everything it's in everything it's around it impacts Jesus says, beware of the leaven. He was speaking of the false doctrine of the scribes and the Pharisees. Why? Because just a little bit of that, just a little bit of that, you get that, a little bit of that over here, and if you don't address it, it'll spread till it's all the way over here. You get a little bit of that up here in the pulpit, it won't be long, it'll proliferate all throughout the congregation. You... Somebody hearing me? You get that over in one church in an organization. It's not far. It's in another church of the organization because you can't just shrug your shoulder or turn your head the other way. You gotta address false doctrine. You gotta address something that is not kosher to the word. Yes, absolutely. So he says you gotta you gotta put this you gotta put this thing to bed to rest. You gotta kill the prophet. You got to kill the dreamer. Someone say amen. You cannot give no place to false doctrine. Anyone, anything that was trying to get you to turn back on God and his commandments has no, no, no right. Listen to me. It has no right in your life. That is the very moral, that's the very uh, gist, if you will, of Deuteronomy 13. Anything or anyone that's going to try to come in and deter you from God has no right in your life. That, I mean, that's like, that's like the, 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 the sentence for description for Deuteronomy 13. If it's taken you away, or if he or she is taking you away, it has no right in your life. Huh? Because to do that means that you're not putting first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. But something else has taken priority. Huh? 
So that's, 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 that's the thing he said. You, you can't just isolate. You can't just isolate this. You, you can't just dismiss this. The mandate was put it to death. You know what he said? Now here, here's where it gets hard. And what he said even concerning the relation. I know it's your relation. I know it's your son, your daughter, or so on and so forth. And, and you want to... Ex- <laughs> Let me read it. You, you Look at verse number 9. Or even verse number 8. Concerning the one that's relationship to you. Thou shalt not consent unto him. Nor hearken unto him. Neither shall thine eye pity him. Neither shall thou spare. Neither shall thou conceal him. But thou shalt surely, and this, is, this was literal in Old Testament. Thou shalt kill him. This is how adamant God was about business. A false word, false doctrine, trying to pull somebody away from the true God. So thou shalt kill it. But look, he says, you're not going to conceal it. You're not going to pity it. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you're not going to coax them and feel sorry for them. I don't ever remember my mom and dad. <laughs> coaxing me and saying whenever I came to them saying well, why, can't I, why can't I do this on Friday nights rather than go to youth service I don't ever remember them saying I know son that's horrible or trying to excuse the whole situation <laughs> is someone okay out there I had a I had a hard time just here recently. Uh, when whenever um, my daughter she she wanted to she wanted to go uh, run in track. She ran in a skirt past her knees. She ran in track. Amen. I had a hard time. We never was involved in any type of sports ever growing up. It was for the purpose that we number one most times it fell somewhere on a church night. We told Mariah we said you go run track. Sometimes she had practice on Wednesday night. Said we go be at church then the night. You leave early. We gotta leave early. You go be at church. If there's a meet, we'll go be at. It doesn't matter what's going on concerning track. If church is happening or if there's something concerning church happening, that's first. Huh? And you know what happens along the way, as is, is with anybody. Sometimes, you know, it's hard. Well, you know, I had to mistrack because so-and-so. Honey, you can't coax that. You can't say, well, poor you. That's right. That's horrible that that You can't coax that. No, you got to say, well, that's what we told you from the beginning with, that God and the church and everything else is going to be first. And so that's just the way it is. Because, Brother Mason, if we coax that and say, yeah, that was horrible for that, you know what's going to happen? She's going to feel like that she has some justification in her spirit that it's okay to pull away from God at times. There there are certain circumstances and situations that make it okay legitimate. Not according to my God. Not according to my word. He will not share his glory with another. He will not do it. Not a person, not a thing. He won't. Yeah. So we got through all that. I was nervous. I'll tell you right now I was. We got through all of that. He says, so so you, you can't conceal it? You can't consent? Huh? You can't spare? You hear all these words? You can't hearken? You can't pity? But you got to kill it. Here it is. And this is important. Verse number 9. Put it back up there. This is important. This is important. Because at this moment, the relation is trying to pull another away from God to serve other gods. Whether it's a notable person, whether it's a relation, whether it's a wicked, whatever. Whenever that happens, look what the Bible says. It says, thine hand, the one that's being tugged away, thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death and afterwards the hand of all the people. You know what that tells me, Aaron Brown? When there's something tugging on me, trying to pull me away from God. It's not that I need the preacher's hand on that. Because that will only go so far. Of the preacher laying the hand on everything that's trying to pull you in your way away for you away in your life, that will only go so far. He said, first, you gotta be fed up with it. First, you gotta take responsibility. 
if that thing is pulling you away from God, you got to be the first one to say, the buck stops here, buddy. That's not happening on my watch. That's not happening in my life. It's, it's one thing for me to come up and say, bless God. Lord, keep back that thing that's pulling Bob away from the church. That's one thing. But unless Bob opens his mouth and say, listen, buddy, this thing stops today. I'm not being pulled away from the statutes of the Lord and the goodness of God. But here's the miracle of it all. When you decide to put your hand on it, the Bible says all the other people will come and put their hand on it. Honey, if you put your hand on some things, there's a host of people in here. There's a pastor right here that will link arms with you and say, it stops today. Yeah. Because yeah. Brother Mason, I must confess to you, I've put my hands on a lot of issues that were trying to pull people away and I put my hand on that issue five times, ten times for the same person and I come to the terminology, to the understanding, Brother Fred. It wasn't that I didn't have the prayer that was needed to have. It's that they never had their hand on the issue themselves. So it's difficult as a preacher to point it going and they're doing this underneath. Someone say amen. I feel sorry for them. Don't conceal them. But we got to take initiative. We got to be first to lay our hand on it. Here's something very important. I believe verse 11 points out for us. This is important. Because how we handle things like that will set a precedent for the future. Huh? He's saying if you take care of this falsity that's trying to pull you away from God, and if you won't just isolate or quarantine or try to ignore it, but you actually take action. And you do something about this. Look what he said. And all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness that is among you. You know what it's saying? Whenever you take care of business like that for the things that's trying to pull your life away from God, it causes all those other things that are wanting to put a pull on you saying, you know what? We might be barking up a tall tree right here. You hear me? But if you'll make allowances, if you'll coddle, if you'll excuse, if you'll pity, honey, they're just standing in line to be the next one that tries to come because they say that's how they handled it before. So I'll come and try this. I'll come and try this. They never said no to that one. I'll come and try this. They never killed that one. I'll come over here to this front. But honey, if you kill, if you destroy, if you annihilate, they're going to say, wait a minute. I'm barking up a tall. That must really be somebody sold out to God. That must really be a child of God. Yes. Amen. False doctrine is so putrid. Notice concerning those of Belial. He said if you hear about it. You read the scriptures. It's as though it was rumored that there could be some. You know what? Israel then was responsible if it was rumored. They had to investigate it. Because false doctrine is so, so putrid. You've got to examine, you've got to investigate whether or not what's being rumored is true. And if it's true, you know what that means? You've got to stop whatever's going on and you've got to deal with it. Because whenever it came to the city, it was so overtaken by the doctrine of the men of Belial. The Bible says they didn't just take the men out. They destroyed the whole city, the livestock of the city, all the spoils of the city. Why? Because whenever it's left, when it's left alone and undealt with, it will monopolize everything around it. It'll get into our song. reason why every once in a while whenever we sing songs and stuff I like to point out these lyrics that are lifted just right out of the pages of scripture and it's not some infatuated love thing going on with God that isn't biblically founded you understand what I'm saying because there are a lot of even quote unquote Christian music today that doesn't have very good roots tied to the word What happens when that starts happening, Brother Fred? There's just something there. See, it doesn't just get then into the ministry. It gets into the music of ministry. Oh, yeah. 
It'll get into your prayer life. It'll get into every aspect of the church. It'll get into your outreach programs. <laughs> oh, glory. That if we could just, you know, if we bring an elephant out here and let everybody have a free ride, we'll get them to the house of God. Well, you'll probably get them to the house of God. But when it's all said and done, you've got a lot of manure in the parking lot to take care of. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of a little metaphor. and say amen so they destroyed they destroyed everything find where I'm at here so Jesus all times in scripture I'm trying to be mindful of your time and I see it I'll, I'll bring her to a close here soon confirms his word confirms his doctrine with signs following he underscores them with that the importance of the word he underscores then with that the importance of people falling in love with the word and then a sign just validating it see in the in the word and the wonder relationship one needs to be the master and the other needs to be the servant you hear me the words the master and the wonder is just the servant and if they ever get flip-flop you better check the word you better check the word. Amen. The Bible <clears throat> tells us many things that are great and wonderful, but nevertheless, the best thing that a person can do, according to Deuteronomy, so the best thing that a person can do with false doctrine is expose it. Mm -hmm. Is expose it. Again, because if not, it will proliferate. It will go th all throughout. The people, the congregation, their families, and their lives cannot be tolerated. And note, it wasn't enough to cast, it wasn't like, because they took them out and they stoned them. Now, that didn't mean, you know, there was a few people cast stones that hit them and it was done. They kept throwing the stones until the deed was done. So I think sometimes we have some bruised ideas of false doctrine running around, but they've never been stoned to death. Uh-huh. Someone say Amen. But they got to be stoned to death. Amen. So there's always going to, listen, there's always going to be the enticer. It's always going to be the enticer to try to put a schism between you and the Lord. Always going to be something that's going to be asking you to walk away from the Lord. Asking you to abandon those things that you have been taught, those things that you have heard. To serve the gods of this world. Here's the thing though. Israel. Although they tout that everybody around you is doing it. Trying to move in on you as though they can cantilever some type of response from you. Because you're really the minority in this thing of staying true to God. But wasn't that what Israel was called to, to begin with, to be the treasure, to be the minority? To be the, although there are many called, to be the few that were chosen, right? Amen. That few that are chosen relationship that separated them as a people unto God. That was them. Now, here's, here's the thing concerning when we talk about doctrine, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the plan landed. I'd give me two and a half minutes or something. Doctrine. I looked at doctrine this morning. The word doctrine all throughout the scripture. Three times used in the Old Testament in the Hebrew. Three times used in the, in the Greek. Uh, three different words in each. And what I've seen concerning that is this. And you can stand with me. You'll help me come to a close. The thing that I've seen with that was this, Brother Mason. That doctrine is not simply a teaching. Which it is. Teaching instruction. It's not just simply a teaching or instruction. But I found out that it is even more properly something that is received. That went off in my head because I've been taught a lot of things that I didn't internalize. So the twofold, the twofold of, of the two sides to the same sword of doctrine is this. It's not just what is taught, but it's receiving. 
and internalizing what is taught. So doctrine that's being thrown out here just as teaching isn't solidified as doctrine for you until it's received. So I understand then that real sound doctrine isn't just what the preacher says concerning the word of God from there, but it's me taking that, internalizing that, applying that in my own life, and that then becomes sound doctrine for me. So there's been sometimes a disconnect from what's been taught to what's been received. Uh huh. But it's only, Brother Gross, when it's received, practiced, initiated in my life, that it becomes sound doctrine for me. Paul told Timothy on several indications. And even in Deuteronomy, Moses tells him in chapter 12. You know what he's constantly telling the people? And Paul tells this to Timothy too. He says, take heed to thyself. Paul to Timothy says this. Take heed to thyself and your doctrine. That what? That perhaps you will save yourself by that. And look, and those that hear you why because doctrine has such a divine impact it won't just affect you but if it's ever shared with you false or true it will impact those that are around you that's the reason why false doctrine got to be cut off got to be dealt with you can't be just chasing a sign and a wonder and a miracle it needs to harmonize with the word it might be true it might be legitimate But if their doctrine, if their word betrays the word, we got an issue. We got an issue. Be careful. That's what we would tell people. Be careful. You know, there's all kinds of programs that you can hear them on TV and on the radio. You know, all these preaching things. That's great. But if you've not yet, if you've not yet familiarized yourself with this, I'm telling you, be cautious of those other voices. Because you're not familiarize yourself with this. Just like the other day, Chris, you was talking to me. If you don't familiarize yourself with this, something could come across there that could just be as just be as wrong as a two and a half dollar bill. But if you ain't if you're not aware of this, you'll just accept it as is. And that gets in your spirit and your life, and it just starts doing its work. Huh? We got to know the word. Of the Lord. Oh, but Brother McGee, they, they have great miracle crusades. That's wonderful. I'm happy about it. Tell me about their word. Tell me about their word. Because my word has the wonder in it. Song of Solomon, or rather Solomon said, he said, where the word of a king is, there is power. Because in the word of the king, In the word of God is all that creative force to do any wonder, miracle, or sign. It's in this unadulterated, undivided, absolutely truthful word of God that we should love, adore, and embrace. I'm telling you this morning, again, I'm I'm not just trying to make this long to make it long. But please beware of notable voices in your life that will try to sway you and beware of relationships, close family relationships that will try to, even the innocence of a child that just isn't getting its way can, can strike a chord in your spirit. You know, oh, little Johnny, oh, little, I hate to, hate them to, you know, grow up in life and just totally just, you know, miss all these opportunities. Go vomit in a toilet. I'm serious. This year I'll be 40 years old, and I do not feel underprivileged. I don't feel like I've missed out. I, I'm not here. I don't have no sad stories to tell you. I'm not saying, bless God, I was kept. I'm not, I, do, I do not have one single negative word to say about any of that. Not one. But don't you be going telling me that stuff. I've lived that life. wonder there needs to be harmony between the wonder and the word let's bow our heads here today hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus god you are calling us this morning you're calling us this morning to be the church that you died for you're calling us this morning to be the church that has been in existence for ages 
since you chose Israel to be the nation among nations, you are calling us to be the people that do know their God, that they will be strong, and they'll do exploits. But the exploits are a byproduct of knowing their God and His Word. I pray, oh God, today, Lord, I pray, Jesus, in your name, God, every voice that would try to draw away your people from the truth of your word, that would try to draw away your people from being faithful to you, Lord, in their lives, in their jobs, Lord, in the concourses of their relationships. I pray right now in the Holy Ghost. God, we take, Lord, an axe and we lay it to the root of the problem this morning. God, we call out, Lord Jesus, falsifications. We call out, Lord, perverse doctrines. We call out, Lord, false doctrines in the name of Jesus. God, we want to lay them at our feet. God, we're not putting them in a room of isolation, but we're putting them under the blade, Lord Jesus. I pray this morning. God, they are not going to survive around the first apostolic church. They are not going to make headway into our families. They're not going to make headways into our young people. They're not going to make headways into our children. God, I pray, Lord, for a protective covering on our homes. I pray, God, for a protective covering upon our Hekabahiah, upon our marriages. I pray, oh Lord, today we place our hand on those things. We place our hands on those things for destruction. We place our hands on those things for annihilation in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray oh Lord let the spirit of God the genuine truth of God and his word arise among us God I thank you for these people's loyalty but I pray God they would be more loyal to you than anybody else they would be more faithful to you than anybody else you and your word yes hallelujah let's raise our hands right now to the Lord brother Mason if you have a song for us that'd be great But we just need to make just some devotion and rededication this morning to the truth of God's Word. Lord, if there's sign, miracle, and wonder, I pray, God, it just follows the truth of your Word. We're not propagating the sign out front. We're not making it the master. It's just the servant to your Word. It's a byproduct of your Word. It's secondary to the Word. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.